This is the Two North Jackson podcast with news, insights, details, and accomplishments from Alabama's 67 county governments. Welcome to the August edition of the Two North Jackson podcast. This month, we will take a close look at a transition from the Alabama State House to the courthouse, a family tradition of county service, and a deep dive into the Alabama County Joint Bid Program. We'll start this month with a discussion with our friend Mac McCutcheon, who finds himself in a new role here in Madison County as chairman of the county commission. Mac, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Well, I appreciate it, Sonny. Always good to visit with y'all. I appreciate ACCA and my work with them over the years from the state perspective and now on the, on the, as a member. <laughs> well, that, that's right. It's been a unique journey for you, elected first to the Alabama legislature in 2006, ended up weaving your way through the process, becoming chairman of the Rules Committee. And for those of us who spend our life up there, that's right next door to being speaker. Uh, and, and then becoming speaker of the House of Representatives, deciding that you'd had enough of Montgomery and now you're back home. Yes, it was it was good to be home. I, of course, when I made my decision to uh, retire from the state legislature, I, I did not have this in my, my plan book, if you will. Uh, but uh, when the governor called and said that there had been several key leaders from this area calling her about the appointment process and had mentioned my name, I was, of course, uh, humbled by it and honored. But, but once I got to thinking about it, it was a good fit, and I'm glad I'm here. I really am. Well, we're recording this right after visiting a few minutes at the county commission meeting, and uh, I'll say the chair seems to fit you real well. Well, I've, I appreciate you saying it. I've got some good commissioners here, and it's always a team effort. It, I've always looked at uh, uh, these positions, you know, political positions, elected, appointed positions. It's always a team effort. Everybody's got to work together. But uh, it's been very, honestly, it's been very rewarding to come back home and and it's almost like you're you you get to see a direct impact on some decisions that you're making. Uh, when we were in Montgomery, of course, we were concerned about our counties, and uh, there's an old saying that said all politics is local, right. which is so true. And and you're constantly aware of your district and the local uh, leaders that you're trying to work with. But but when you're there, boots on the ground, and you see it every day, and you're in the inner workings, uh, I have really, really enjoyed it. Now, it depends on what your motives are when you're in the political arena. Sure. You know, are you trying to climb a political ladder? Or are you running for one office, looking at another one? Or are you in it for service? Yeah. And uh, if you're in it for service, that old saying that all politics is local, that's very, very true, Sonny, because when you're serving people that you live with every day, people that you work with, you see them every day, it's, it's very, very rewarding to be in that position. Well, you've, uh, you've kind of made the track backwards. You know, people run for, as you yeah, said, they yeah. run for county commissioner sometimes and say, I want to move, quote, up mm-hmm. to the legislature. And I generally tell them, you're going to miss county government. That is so. Listen, now that I've and I've just been here for six months, but now that I've been here and in this role, that is that is a true statement. That is a true statement. I told my wife one night when I I was here for about four or five months, and I told her I said, "Why in the world didn't I just do this first? I said, you know, rather than driving all the way to Montgomery, you know, every week. So this has been a it, it's been been a good good opportunity. Yeah, there. Uh, all politics is local. 
as you said, you have the ability to impact uh, the the lives of the citizens up here every day, mm-hmm. uh, not just when the legislature's in session. Uh, some of our new members may not know our longstanding relationship. When you first uh, became a member of the House, you had the... Uh, the unlucky draw of having an office that was close to the chamber door and uh, the association staff kind of, uh, we made a nest in your office and you'd be on the floor and uh, we'd sit back there and listen and uh, make our calls and use our iPads. And you were gracious (laughs) to us back then. And uh, then you became chairman of the rules committee and I'd show up and Miss Chairman, uh, we need to get a bill on the floor. Um, and then when we started talking about trying to raise revenue for road projects yeah. in Alabama, uh, we came up and knocked on the door again. And uh, folks who are new to county government know it is Rebuild Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't start that way. No, and, no, it and, didn't. and it didn't get passed in 2019, did it? No, it didn't. It sure didn't. It sure didn't. We, uh, we, there was a lot of work that went on for many years in preparation of this. And uh, I just want to say, uh, Sonny, you and your team were always very important to me as a legislator. You. you were a good, and, and I really mean that, you were a good resource. I knew I could get the truth, and we could evaluate what direction we needed to go on. And that's so important, especially in, in the state legislature. But having that information and looking at the needs, uh, there again, you were trying to take care of, of every county in the entire state, and you brought that resource to the table, helping us, you know, try to navigate what direction going. And it was tough. I mean, the revenues, there was no doubt we needed revenues. We hadn't had revenues since, I believe, the last year was 1992, I think. And uh, we we couldn't build roads based on what we were making in 1992. And, And so we just had to keep working and keep pushing forward. But there's a lot of, like you said, there was a lot of work that went into that to get us to rebuild Alabama. That's right. The our members who were there in in 2019 and, and saw it pass uh, w- with without hand to hand combat on the floor, uh, <laughs> they, they missed the fun in 2016 and 2017 when it was hand to hand combat. Uh, and, and Matt McCutcheon, chairman of rules, was the, was the sponsor of that legislation when when being the sponsor wasn't all that popular. <laughs> no, it wasn't very popular. I was threatened and. People told me, you know, that hey, you know, I was on the, I was, I was on the wrong side of the fence politically, and I need to get, you know, get my, my act together and get your heart right. Get beat. Yeah, I remember that time I was threatened in a public meeting. Said that they were pointed their finger at me and said, "We will, uh, uh, we will beat you in the next election if you keep continue to impress this, uh, this issue forward." Didn't happen though. No, no, people uh, stood with us. And we're, we're getting ready uh, for, for one element of Rebuild Alabama that uh, I remember uh, being upstairs uh, in the Senate Pro Tems conference room uh, when there was an effort to remove the, the uh, indexing from Rebuild yes. Alabama. Yes. And you, you stood against the wall in that room and said, don't send that bill back with the indexing out. Yeah. Uh, we were able to, to keep that in the bill. And October 1st, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the state gasoline tax will go up a penny. October 1st, uh, counties will share in about $8 million in new money because uh, you, you wouldn't let them take it out. Well, it, it, to me, I, I think it was just a, it was a bad practice because in 1992, we did not do anything like that. We did not plan for the future. And, and uh, if we're going to go through this much work 
and take this years of, of, of pleading and, and finagling and working through all these years to finally get a bill that we hopefully could get passed, uh, we we needed to make sure we were taking care of the future moving yeah. forward because you and and I and others in this state, especially leaders, know that we're not stagnant and we're going to grow and 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 revenues and expenses are going to go up and so I, I was very adamant about that. You know, let's let's plan for the future. That's right. And we'll uh, we'll be putting that money to good use here uh, in in 2023 and beyond. Uh, here in Madison County, and, and man, has this community changed uh, in the last 20 years, and the demands on county government have changed. And uh, in your, your role as chairman, I know you're seeing that as the commission uh, plans for, for the future and mm-hmm. uh, commission chairmanship in good hands. It, it, uh, and I know your dedication to this community. You've, you were born and raised here. Yes, yeah, I was raised here. I was actually born in Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. Uh, my father was, of course, our family was here, and my father was in Fort Benning going through training for the Korean War, and okay. I went down there, and I was born there, and then was there uh, for, I don't know, four weeks. or As soon as I could travel back home, they brought me back home. But this is home. Madison County's home to me. And, and important to you, I know. Very important. We've, you know, raised our children here, and we've farmed. You know, our, our family has, you know, deep roots here, and so this is important. This is an important community. Well, us. I appreciate you visiting with us a few minutes, uh, and we're glad to have you back home Good uh, to be as back chairman home. of the county commission and part of this association, and we look forward to your leadership in helping us improve as we go forward. Yeah. I just want to say to all the county commissioners across the state, I I really respect you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for what you're doing for our local communities because it it all starts at home. And uh, when you look at at, at community services that we provide, you look at the infrastructure, you look at the economic growth, you're you're pulled in so many different, different ways of being a leader and uh, I have a high respect for you and what you do. And I want to say thank you to you, Sonny, Welcome. and your team, uh, Lauren, and, and the entire team that has always been there, boots on the ground, in the hallway of the state legislature, taking care of everybody. And it's a, there's no doubt in my mind when we look at it, it's a team, it's a team effort. And we all got to work together. Absolutely. Uh, I'll get in trouble if I don't say 67 counties, one voice. And (laughs) and that has been the key to it. Thanks for visiting with us today. Appreciate it. Chairman McCutcheon. All right. Thank you so much. Now we turn our attention to another very interesting story about the Alabama County family. David Butts, Jr. from Wilcox County joins us today. Thanks for having me, Sonny. And David Jr., I'll try to make sure to throw the junior in as we talk, is the county engineer in Wilcox County. His dad remains the county engineer in Lowndes County, been there since 2005. And David literally grew up in county government, right? That's correct. And certainly his face is familiar for those who've been really paying attention because he attended the county engineers conferences long before he was old enough to be a county engineer, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Now talk a little bit about that, about coming to the conferences and getting to know some of the county engineers while you're trying to decide what you want to do. So actually, if you ask my mom, she'll say I was brainwashed into becoming a county engineer. So ever since I was a child, my dad has made sure that I was involved. I knew everything, the do's and don'ts, the positives, the negatives, and just really pushed in the direction of becoming a county engineer. 
So as long as I can remember, I've been saying I wanted to be a county engineer. I want to graduate from Auburn in civil engineering and become a county engineer. So conferences, trips, he always made sure we were included in that. Well, what that means is you really have no excuse for not knowing what you were getting yourself into, right? Yes, sir. So sometimes I have to look myself in the mirror when I start doubting it and say, well, you know, you bought this on yourself because my dad made sure we knew everything before we got ourselves into it. Well, and we laugh about those things. You know, people call in to complain about potholes or those times when the weather is bad. And most Alabama citizens are in their house trying to stay safe. And the county engineer's job is to get out and go to work, right? That's correct. I specifically remember one hurricane one year. I was in high school, actually. And while we were hunkering down, trying to stay safe, my dad actually left and told us he had to go, make sure the guys were organized and everything. And he went out into the midst of the storm. And that was one of the proudest times I could remember as a child, just seeing him like, wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. He was like a hero. Well, and I smile hearing you say that because everybody can't see us, but you're proud of your daddy's role in taking care of the citizens in Lowndes County. And my guess is that made that decision. Yes, sir. I just grew up seeing how many people depended on him, valued his opinion. It wasn't always easy and it wasn't always simple, but he always made sure he handled himself professionally and he was a very respected member of the community. And just seeing that, I was like, that's what I want one day. Well, let's talk a little bit about your journey. You go to Auburn, you finish the requirements through the civil engineering program. Then where'd you go to work? Take us through from graduation to today. I actually became the assistant county engineer straight out of college for Wilcox County. I actually met my predecessor, Fred Powell, at one of the conferences that my dad took me to uh, while I was a child, and he made me his assistant county engineer right out of college. And so we went from there, and I worked under him for a few years, and he became the county engineer in Hale County, and yep. from that point on, I took over. So that was in about 2020, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. That puts you becoming county engineer right in the midst of the COVID pandemic. That's great. <laughs> great, great timing, right? Right. That's right. And since then, you've become an official member, although really I guess you've been a member since elementary or middle school, of this fraternity that we call the County Engineers Association. That We are extremely proud of how you guys band together and how you take care of each other. And I know you've already seen some of that. There's Anthony Creer, who for this association, he's been larger than life, but young guys have to pick up that ball and carry it. Yes, sir. Being here, especially as young as I am, I really depend on a lot of people that have had a lot more experience and have been around the block several times before I was even here. So I really depend on a lot of the other county engineers that are around me. And they've embraced me. They've taken me in, give me advice when I need it. They're always there when I need them. So I depend on them a lot. So now hurricane season's approaching and we'll cross our fingers and hope that the Gulf stays calm. But if it doesn't, guess who's got to answer the phone now and get out there in that bad weather? That's right. That'll be me. Actually, when I first took over officially, we were in the midst of Hurricane Zeta. Yep. <laughs> so that was going on. And so I'm hoping we don't have to go through something like that again. But if it does, then we'll have to take it step by step. Well, grab our stuff and do what you saw your daddy do, right? That's right. Well, and that's just an amazing story. When you sit in the seat I've been in for all these years, to see what a family we really are, you know, brings a smile to my face, too.
David, thanks so much for joining us today and talking a little bit about your background and your journey in county government. We look forward to working with you as the years go forward. Thank you, Sonny. Thanks for having me. And we'll conclude our discussion this month by focusing on the Association's Joint Bid Program, which was started more than two decades ago. And we've got our friend Patrick McDougall, who joined us today to talk about this program. Thank you so much for having me, Sonny. Patrick served almost 30 years of his career in county engineering, first in Covington County, and then serving as the Barber County engineer from 95 to his retirement in 2016. And it was during his time in Barber County when he also served as president of the Association of County Engineers and was one of our leaders that this idea of a statewide bid program was born. Yeah, do you even remember how we started all this, Sonny? Probably not, Patrick. (laughs) I think in 95, I looked at trying to get the power of numbers and found out that we did have a law that allowed counties that were contiguous with each other to jointly bid. And we bid with Pike, Henry, Dale County, and we bid, I think, some motor graders and some excavators. And then me and you talked about it afterward. And you said, you know, if that's working at a local level, why don't we do the statewide? And I said, well, we don't have a law that allows us to do it. And then you said, well, we can get it changed. And the next legislative session, you got the law changed and we've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and that was probably 97, 98. So we've been at this 25 years and we started kind of small. There were really you, our friend Henry Hawkins. I think Richie Byer was his assistant then. And the discussions began to focus more on heavy equipment and tandem axle dunk trucks because the prices varied from one part of the state to another. Yes, that's correct. We found out that in North Alabama, a triaxle dump truck was traditionally on average $5,000 higher than it was in the south end of the state because there was not statewide competition. You know, it was limited to purchasing districts, and the average ended up being about $6,000 less after we merged statewide. So the counties in the south end of the state started saving $6,000 a year, and the counties in the north end of the state started saving $1,000 per unit. That was pretty substantial savings. And the program really, and even still today, rests on the shoulders of county engineers who are willing to come here and give their time. Now, when we started, we didn't have a Patrick McDougal who was retired and who was helping do the administrative work. Much of that also fell on you and others who worked on bid specs, who answered questions from vendors, and early on who dealt with vendors who, quite honestly, didn't like the program very much. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of them that were reluctant in the beginning. And there were some that actually wrote letters to commissions yep. stating that they weren't going to service vehicles that weren't purchased in that area. So we had all those different challenges to work through. And everybody pretty much has come in line and has been very supportive. And they have gotten so supportive that they've been some of the strongest people we've relied on to help sponsor our conferences. That's right. I mean, I think early on there was apprehension because it was change and we were shifting to a model that honestly has served counties well. And I think it it served the companies well. I don't think there's any question that if we talk about heavy equipment and dump trucks, and we're going to talk about some other things because the program started there, but it's so much more today. But if we talk about those two areas specifically, counties now have much better equipment than they had in 1995 when we started talking about this. 
when I arrived in Barbara County, there were six motor graders there that were from the 1960s. Man. I mean, that's pretty bad. And if we go to Barbara County today, bright, shiny, new equipment, there, right? And everything pretty much statewide now is going to be three to five years. And included in the bids, the service and filters and all those things included. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted us to talk is is there are uh, a lot of not new faces in county government in 25 years that, that don't understand the vision that that a few county engineers had for starting this program, the enormous investment of time and effort that's gone into making it work, and the importance of this program continuing and being supported by all 67 counties. Oh, yeah. When I started in, in 1989 as an assistant in Covington County, we were probably doing around 20 annual bids a year. So you say 20 annual bids times 67 counties on average. I mean, not only were we duplicating each other's efforts, all the vendors were having to duplicate all those efforts. And yeah. you now it's all centralized and everybody's consistent. Nobody's looking over each other's shoulders, wondering, you know. So it's it's been a godsend. Uh, it, the administ- I mean, all through, not just the engineering staff, but the administrative staff in counties, you know, the administrators were having to handle all those different That's right. bids. So it's created a lot more free time for more important things. And and as I said, we, you know, we've made the turn – we're still, I guess, specializing in uh, trucks and heavy equipment, uh, but there's herbicides and road signs, uh, pipe. Liquid uh, asphalt. Th- that's right. And um, traffic marking materials. Uh, there, there's a whole lot more. Uh, and, and if I ratchet back to what we all still remember as the horrible events of April 2011 when the tornadoes ravaged our entire in our entire state one of the outcomes of that was uh, this program moving into debris removal contracts and uh, contracts for the monitoring companies that today saves counties an enormous amount of money but an enormous amount of hassle too yeah yeah we we added that program in 2012 and it has grown every year since then and it's been well utilized in and it has saved counties a lot of money and a lot of headaches. Yeah, and and, uh, and again, that, that program was an example of what this association does. Uh, a group of county engineers, some county EMA directors, and we pulled in state EMA and folks from FEMA uh, across the parking lot in the old building. Uh, we sat around there in the conference room and dreamed this thing up, quite honestly. Uh, created districts that we thought would help keep the bid prices down uh, and and literally in the 13 or 14 years since we've relied on volunteers to to make this program work yeah, this this program is is essentially been run by volunteers since day one I mean there's been a lot of like I said it, as we got into other areas I mean we brought county admit some county administrators in in some areas where they gave us feedback and and then like I said when we over undertook the disaster preparedness program you know we involved all those different parties and it just has grown and and we've learned we've made mistakes and everything we've ever done I mean we all do we're all human we make mistakes and we try to learn from them and evolve and make the program better 
you know, my opinion, if you're ever satisfied with what you did yesterday, then you need to go ahead and retire and go somewhere else. That's right. No, I think that's been, honestly, tenant of what we've stood on all the years we've worked together, whether it's been joint bid or the other thousands of things that we've we've done to try to make county government better. We, uh, we've got to do something different tomorrow than what we're doing today. And I remember I'm driving from the Shelby County Courthouse uh, back to Montgomery about 2017 or so, maybe 18. And I called Patrick McDougall, who had retired, and said, hey, uh, you got a little time to help us with the joint bid program. Things had, things had become more than we could handle as a staff. And, and so since then, uh, one of the things you've done in your retirement has, has been to keep this program going. And uh, it's important that the county family know that behind the scenes, quietly, you've taken care of this program. And I don't know uh, if we could have kept it between the ditches. And, you know, on behalf of the counties, I want to thank you for what you've done to make this program successful, Patrick. Well, thank you for allowing me to continue to be a part of the program. And, you know, the feedback that we get or sometimes that we don't get from our county vendors, sometimes, you know, they, they wait until after after we've done bids and then they give feedback. So we try to, every opportunity that we go to a conference or something, we try to solicit feedback before we have bid solicitation so that if we if we need to add stuff or we need to take stuff off, if we need to make changes, that we can incorporate all that in the next bid letting. We appreciate it very much. Look forward to this year. I think we're working on new debris contracts. You're here today as we record this to open some bids for liquid asphalt, bulk cement, and pipe. And so I would say to everybody, watch your inbox as we move forward with the program. Thank you all for joining us for this month's Two North Jackson podcast. And we certainly look forward to catching up with each of you during next month's episode, which will be released on Friday, September 29th. Until then, you have a great day.